It's another edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. We're back where we belong on Sunday night, the night of wrestling. It's SummerSlam Eve. And, you know, as you come to expect from us, dear listeners, oh, 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 we've got notes on the SummerSlam. We've got our picks. We've all been down the bookies. Oh, we can't wait to talk about it. But before all that, we'll get into life golf and the various other media consumption guffs that you've come to love here from the Chair Shot Podcast. So, uh, to bring you all of that, I'm one of your hosts, Barry. Joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-hosts. First of all, Paul. Hello, Barry. And also, over there in Ingloid, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello, Barry. I just want to mention one thing quickly is, this is the night not only of the Summer Slam, but also of the Champions League final. Now, listeners to the show will know that we'll often, when we're watching the football, which both Joe and myself currently are, we will often react to things happening. Now, we're not going to be doing that this week because I'm actually ahead of Joe on the the stream. I'm, I'm, I'm about half a minute ahead, so I'm going to be very, very quiet. But the only thing I will say is that I have a little Paddy Power free bet on. So I'll be looking out for Gnabry, Muller, and Di Maria to, to each have a shot on target. Fabulous. And I'll be looking for Mar- for Marquinhos to get a yellow card because if that happens, I win 80 euros. Thank you very much. Well, good hmm. luck with that. Good luck with that. Uh, you know, I think I, I'm in, with my internet package, I'm entitled to watch all the um, fucking uh, Champions League things. Uh, but I'm on the version of the website here and I can't figure out how to stick it on. So I was going to join you, but that's the end of that. Um, <laughs> oh, well. Um, if that website is hell. I think they're good in a provider, but it's just the most inscrutable website. But anyway, uh, how are we all getting on, lads, footy aside? I've had a very quiet life week. Um, I've got a, I've got a pretty crazy schedule coming up in the next few weeks. I've got, I've got a, a, a trip to Galway. To meet the missus's family, oh, I've got um, I've got a stag party of which is going to be about oh, five, oh, about five people in a house, which is all we're allowed to. Oh, um, but the last week or so has been quite, 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 quiet. I have not done a whole lot. Um, I treated myself to a little Monday off. I've got tomorrow off. And then I sort of remembered about three hours ago that SummerSlam is tomorrow. So I was like, ah, I'll stick on the SummerSlam, I guess, tonight. Um, that's been about it. So uh, not a whole lot from the life got for me. What about you, boys? Um, not, not, not too much going on. Um, had a bit of a, a nightmare earlier in the week when I accidentally kicked over my water bottle and uh, splashed it all over my laptop. Um, which is very unfortunate. Um, mm. Leapt up, turned it over, managed to get most of the water off it. It's largely still working. Um, you know, boots up and everything. There doesn't seem to be any, uh, you know, problem with the actual kind of you know insides, as they say uh, in the in mm. the, you know, the, the computery innardsy bitsies. Um, but some of the keys don't work. Some of the keys don't work. Oh, it's like when I did it during a podcast a decade ago. Yeah, so some a couple of the keys don't work, and also in an effort to dry it, I pulled a couple of the keys off. Which that's what I did <laughs> oh. in the old days with the old keyboards, right? Where they were like massive, chunky plastic things, you could just basically rip them off with a crowbar 
and then jam them back on. But these new ones, they're all like there's like little hinges and plastic bits that are yeah. microscopic. You need a fucking degree in engineering and a microscope to get the fuckers back on. So not only do a few of the keys not work, I've also taken like three of them off as well. So, <laughs> so um, fortunately, I did. Exactly. I rang. Um, I rang Dell. Uh, who are the, the manufacturer of the laptop. Unfortunately, it's out of warranty, which is not great, but I rang their repair line, and for 40 quid, they will pick it up and do like an assessment to see you know, what he's doing, and then you have to pay for any parts that need replacing. So hopefully it won't be too bad. I mean, it was quite an expensive mm. laptop, so it's got, you know, even if it's like a couple of hundred quid, I'll have to fork out because it's, yeah. yeah that's, I mean, the, the risk is that, <laughs> yeah, the risk is that, of course, you know, you're going to have some, keyboard issues but if it's water spilled on it you might have some motherboard damage as well nah. that's nah. gonna be an issue hopefully not nah. hopefully not hopefully not but i ended up just having to buy a new laptop right infamously when i destroyed my one back back in the day yeah um, the, um, the other consequence of that is i decided also i've got to send them the laptop so i want to make sure you know everything on it's backed up so i invested a uh, one pound 50 a month in a google drive upgrade so i've now got a hundred good to bloody well play with in the cloud, so um, I right. spent most of most of this afternoon going through every single file uh, on my laptop, which is uh, shocking. I, I just keep everything. There's files on there from like 2010. That's like a document that I half started with like the list of Royal Rumble winners in it or something like that that I was going to use for a blog post. And I'm like, well, I don't want to delete it. I might as well keep that just in case we ever need it. So um, my, my computer is just full of old shit, which I refuse to delete. But um, luckily, it's all backed up now in the cloud. So I'm, uh, yeah, not so worried. So, um, yeah, that was the, that was the bad down point of the week. The up uh, highlight of the week was it was Michelle's second anniversary of arriving in the United Kingdom. Oh, um, that, was, that was yesterday. So we have a, a tradition of going out to eat in uh, Brixton in, in southeast London, where we went on our first day. So we did that um, yesterday, which is very nice. Um, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's been the, the high point and low point of the, of the week. Yeah, very quiet for me as well. I think the high point was that I took a photo with Natty that's doing some quite good numbers on the gram. Ooh. Apart, from, apart from that, no, <laughs> not much. Um, no, really nothing this week. I, I was working, of course. I'm taking some holidays soon as well. Like Barry, I'm taking two weeks off in September that I'm looking forward to for the old day of my birth. Um, but yeah, I have two weeks of work until then. And then every evening I've just been playing some video games, watching some movies. Uh, so yeah, not a lot of life lived outside of that. Um, no, nothing really that I can think of anyway. Yeah, we've all had a we've all had a quiet old week, haven't we? Yeah. Well, we'll uh, soldier on there because the good thing about staying indoors is that you've lots of video games to play. Um, so uh, before we jump into that, though, Paul, what are you watching on the old television? I have not. I did not get around to watching that uh, Lovecraft County yet. Uh, made the mistake of saying I'd watch it with the missus and then, you know, you got to wait for her to decide she wants to watch it. I would have had it watched by now, lads. I would have, but, you know. Um, what about uh, you, Paul? Um, well, I... We finished watching season three of RuPaul's Drag Race. 
Oh, by the way, one of the drag queens from Drag Race died the other day. Yeah, like 33. Yeah, very young. Like, um, we we had already watched the season that they were on. They were one of the one of the good ones. So that was very sad. They they were just very sick, I believe. It wasn't um, COVID related or anything. I think they had a a pre existing condition that uh, led to them. I think they got pneumonia, and then unfortunately that did them in. Um, but yeah, we watched. Uh, we finished watching season three, so we've moved on to season four. Um. And we're we're slowly making our way through the back catalogue because when Natty got me into watching it, we started on like season eight. So I've not watched a lot of the uh the earlier seasons. Mm. But um but that's good crack. Um we're watching the Canadian version as well. There's a season ongoing called Canada's Drag Race. As you might expect, it's a less fun, more boring version. Um, which doesn't actually involve RuPaul, which is kind of mm. part of the appeal of watching the show in the first place. Um, I was watching a very funny video in the week as well with RuPaul and the gang from Drag Race on Family Feud with Steve Harvey, which was very, very funny. Um, but apart from that, not a lot of TV watching outside of the usual. Um, watching a couple of episodes of The Simpsons, mm. watched a couple of episodes of Scrubs to keep up with the podcast that I listen to. Um, but apart from that, not a lot else. Well, speaking of Scrubs... I've also been watching Scrubs. I just was. Oh, and you, what? Um, yeah, so we that Scrubs is our new lunchtime show. So obviously Michelle okay. and I are both both working at home, so we tend we stop and have lunch at the same time and watch uh, two episodes of a fun TV show. It was originally Gravity Falls. Then we finished that. Yeah, moved on to Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, kind of got through every season of that over the last five months. Um, we were looking for something, we wanted something quite, you know, something fun, something a bit silly. You don't want something too kind of heavy at lunchtime. Um, so we got, yeah. we decided to rewatch Scrubs because I haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, and it's, a, it's a, it was always a fun show and it still is pretty bloody good. I'll be honest, still funny, still enjoy the characters, still holds up, um, really well, I think. Yeah. Um, it's quite a woke show for the time as well. Like, <laughs> I was kind of wondering, you know, how these sort of old sitcoms date quite a bit with some of the jokes, you know, the gay jokes and race jokes and that kind of thing. But it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, the only thing is, every time we watch it, we can't help but comment on how old um, Zach Braff's current girlfriend, Florence Pugh, would have been when the show was filmed. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, so when the show started, she was five years old. So, um, oh. Yeah. No. Well, well you, in there, you, like, hate, you hate to see that. You hate to see that. No, you do. <laughs> I mean, fair. You know, they're both So I finished reading uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the crime epic of sorts, very well-regarded book. I enjoyed it a lot. It took me ages to read, obviously. It's, it's a very kind of slow burn, kind of meticulous get into the nitty gritty of everything uh, kind of story, which, which means it was like, it was gripping in some parts, but then it was very, very uh, slow on others, but I enjoyed it quite a lot. I want to watch the film, um, which I've not seen uh, with Daniel Craig and directed by David Fincher. So I might get to that soon. And uh, I've also, you know, uh, I got uh, a subscription to the, uh, the Marvel unlimited gimmick, the, the, the unlimited, the, the, uh, the Marvel Archive, basically, their app, where it's like a tenner a month and you can just read every comic they've ever published. 
Um, I got a subscription to that just because I was kind of in the mood for uh, following all my X-Men watching, which I'll talk about later. Um, and yeah, it seems really cool. The app is re- really, really neat. It's a, it's a really fun way to explore their archives. You can search by like, character or series or creator and then filter by year and all sorts of stuff. So that, that's really cool. And they have um, pre-compiled... Uh, event pages where you can just go and say, okay, I want to read all the Civil War issues. You know, it, it, it's cool. Uh, so I might, I'll, I'm going to uh, be doing lots of comic reading on the toilet in the coming weeks, which is which will be fun. Um, but yeah, no, uh, no telly guff for me. Just just reading this week, uh, except for all the video games I played, which I'll talk about now. Okay, go for uh, it. Uh, <laughs> what a segue! I. <laughs> Uh, I played that demo of that new Tony Hawk game that's coming out soon. How is that? It's really good. Um, so you get the demo for pre-ordering the game, and basically what it is is it's just the warehouse from Tony Hawk 1. So it's just you can drop in and you can do a two-minute session, and obviously you can do it. Uh, continuous two-minute sessions as much as you'd like, but that's all it is. One map one mode, no objectives, no scores, hit, get this score, find it, none of that. It's literally just play this level. And it's it's basically just, I think, them putting out this thing to say, have a feel of this and see how this feels. If it feels good, like a Tony Hawk game should. And then, you know, you'll probably, you know, tell your friends that it's going to be good. And it is going to be good. I am extremely, extremely reassured having played this. Um, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, I'm not someone who's, who's going to do a deep dive and, and compare the physics one to one, but as someone who played those original games not that long ago on, on an emulator, uh, this feels as good as you kind of remember it. Um, but the reality is that it actually probably plays plays much better because they've modernized it and it and it it looks and runs really well. Um, I'm playing it on a base PS4 and it runs at a lovely silky smooth 60 frames per second. Um, lots of lovely lighting effects. They they you know they, the the layout of the level is like exactly as you would remember it from way back when but obviously they've 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 uh, uh dressed it up quite a lot and yeah so i'm very very excited now for that game that comes out in about two weeks uh that is the tony hawk one plus two remaster all the levels uh, all the skaters in one pack most of the original music and some new songs so yeah i'm uh, i'm extremely excited for that Are you, you you tony hawk guy uh, paul yeah i've never played one or two um but I have three, four, Underground, and Underground 2, and I have those to this day. Mm. I I replayed um, Underground fairly recently, probably in the last six months. And uh, Underground specifically doesn't hold up as well, because that was the one where they introduced a lot of extra mechanics, like you're driving a car around. And that, Getting off the board, yeah. And weird platforming segments, and they're all dreadful. Um, but Tony Hawk 3 and 4 in particular, I have really fond memories of. I had them on the GameCube. Um, no, I never played 1 or 2, but uh, so I wouldn't have necessarily the nostalgia for it. But it would be nice to um, pick up and play a new Tony Hawk's game so long after the last one. Because Underground 2, I own. But I couldn't get into it all. That, that that was the one where they really 
um, jump the shark into it just being a jackass game, basically. Yeah, two like Underground Two. It's weird because that stuff is kind of insufferable, but I do think the levels in Underground Two are actually great. Like, I think that's a great game overall. But uh, yeah, three. I mean, three. You mentioned there. I mean, three is the piece to resist on. So, I, if this is successful, I would love them to remake three because that is an incredible game and it has Ace of Spades on the soundtrack. So that's all you need. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this game is going to occupy a weird space because whereas like. The Crash Bandicoot remaster, I feel like that was almost 100% nostalgia, whereas this is kind of nostalgia for 1 and 2, but I think it's also people just want a Tony Hawk game to play. I think that is the main thing, a good Tony Hawk game. Obviously, the, they, they did 5, which was a disaster, but... Um uh So, yeah, they've, you know... and I, this, So, it'll be great for you. Oh, my God. You, Sorry. Oh. The, the electricity in my house is just gone. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, no. There's house alarms going off. There's no... The football is off. So we are living on my laptop battery oh, power, God. baby. Uh, and luckily, uh, I'm, luckily, I'm on my phone Wi-Fi hotspot because my Wi-Fi is gone as well. That's actually, um, that's actually weirdly convenient that, 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 that you were on your, your phone. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so anyway. Oh, okay, Tony Hawk. No, I, I, I don't have a Tony. I... I uh, oh, Sorry, I remember what I was going to say. I don't have Tony Hawk 1 or 2, a point I already made five minutes ago. <laughs> um, no, is that skateboarding is also having almost a, a renaissance among young people. Like, today when I was walking to the shop, I saw a bunch of girls with skateboards. <laughs> and I was like, oh, people, skateboarding's back. <laughs> it's something that... Yeah, who am I? Old Sarah talking at this point? Nathan's come up to let me know now that the electricity is gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird world we live in. Um, hopefully it's back before long, but it might well not be. So if this episode gets cut short, listeners, I'm very sorry, but there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> I'm yeah. no electricity. Let's get, let's, let's, let's get through it. Come on. Got, yeah, let's, let's get moving here. Uh, yeah, so Tony Hawk is the only kind of new thing I played there. I fired back up uh, Cloud Punk, which I talked about a few weeks ago on the show. That's really fun. And I played more Fall Guys, and I won another game of Fall Guys, which I was very happy with. Um, I've been playing Fall Guys as well. What you make of it? Oh, it's fun, isn't it? It's good crack. It is good crack. I, I also won a, oh. uh, a game of Fall Guys. Excellent, um, excellent. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not that good at it. I, I really don't like the team games as well. No, they're horrible. I, I much prefer the the single player races, and hopefully, as the you know they move between seasons and so on, they can mo- you know m- modify it a little bit because I know that oh our electricity is back, we are saved. Oh, um, <laughs> I know that uh, they're they're going to introduce new games and new 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 ideas. So hopefully, they can iron out some of the kinks because it's only the first season after all so there's going to be a little bit of, you know a little bit of balance issues and so on let me get my playstation back on watch this football probably just been a goal um yeah three down <clears throat> um no but fall guys is really really fun and luckily it's free on ps plus uh this month as well so uh, it actually enticed my brother who had completely given up on the old ps plus and stopped paying for it because to be fair the um the recent excuses have been dog shit bad. But uh he actually resubscribed just to get Fall Guys and play it. So 
there you go. That speaks to the the success of it. And it's it's also, I think, even more um not accessible necessarily, but um universal than something like Fortnite, which mm. is, you know, wildly popular, but is definitely aimed towards a younger audience and also is a, sh- is a third person shooter, which some people don't really care for. But Fall Guys, I think, is a very universal game. It's one of those like Wii Sport esque mm. games where it's so easy to explain to someone how to like the controls are move and jump uh, and just run to the end. And it's, it's Takeshi's Castle. That's it, you know? Um, very, very, very fun. I, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's great. Go, going on PS Plus was a, a good move. I feel like PS Plus is a service. I feel like if you don't have an actual multiplayer game that you play as a hobby, I feel like there's not a whole lot incentivizing you on it at the moment. Um, what else are you playing, Paul? Uh, I'm playing Paper Mario Thousand Year Door on the GameCube. Lovely. Coming to the end of that. Um, I just realized in playing it, it's like almost longer than Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> so it's a longer game than I had in my head that it was going to be. The first, the first Paper Mario... On Nintendo 64, which I just recently played as well, I beat in like 15 hours. I think I'm already at like 18 hours of this one. And I'm like three quarters through it. So I have another six hours probably to go. So it's a long enough little game. It's like a little 30-hour game almost. Um, I'm then going to move on to the Wii one, Super Paper Mario, which I, which I own. And uh, as I mentioned before, I'm getting Ghost of Tsushima for my birthday, which is on the 9th of September. Lovely. So I have, I have uh, you know, three weeks to go before I, I, I'm, I'm going to be playing that. So I have, I have enough time to finish um, Paper Mario on GameCube and then hopefully finish Paper Mario on the Wii, because that's, that's not as long as the GameCube one. Um, I've also dipped my toe back into Animal Crossing a little bit. Oh, okay. Just in, just catching all the bugs and and doing all of that, I I probably spent a good, without exaggeration, a good five hours trying to catch one bug. Um, and what I would do is whenever the Europa League or Champions League games would be on TV in the evenings, I bring down my Switch, go to one of the um, special islands because the bugs I needed were specifically palm tree bugs, and I would just walk around for like two hours try to get it i did eventually get it uh in the end and then i realized that actually there was another bug i needed which was also a palm tree bug and i just didn't probably didn't even know realize i needed it so i never caught it so i still need that one um i need one bug and i need i started doing the uh the under the sea whatever they're called the sea creatures started collecting them as well um so yeah, that's what I that's what I'm playing. I've also um one thing I mentioned to Joe before is I I've been trying to hack some more games into my SNES Mini. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've encountered a problem which is apparently linked to the amount of games you have that if you go over I think 63 games it, some of the emulation stops working. So oh. while my Super Nintendo games all still work, I the majority of them probably 50 of the 64 games I have are Super Nintendo games. They all work fine. But if I try and run one of the Game Boy Color or Game Boy Advance games, they just don't work. They won't they won't run. Um so I'm I'm trying to figure out if there's a workaround for that. I'm looking online and trying to apply a, a variety of um 
a variety of solutions. But um, it seems to be that it might it might just be that I have to remove one a, a couple of the games to make it work again. Because mm-hmm. I I wanted to um, put on it um, pay, uh, Pokemon Trading Card Game Two, which was a Japanese only release that I downloaded an English fan translated ROM oh. for. Cool. And I, wanted, I thought that was like, okay, I'll, I'll stick it on there. I can play it in English. I've never played it. I really enjoyed the first one. Um, but it's not working. It won't run the ROM, and it it won't run any of the ROMs. Um, because what I actually had to do was um, I had to update the firmware. And it's been a very long time since I did that, probably a year and a half. So I don't know if it was the update that caused the issue or if it was adding... Too many games because I have I am now on sixty four games and I have found websites that say that once you pass sixty three, you can start to experience issues. So hopefully I'll be able to figure that out. But um, if if anyone out there has a SNES Mini, I would definitely recommend doing a little bit of jiggery poker with it because I have lovely little like folders now for all the different um, consoles. So I have all my Game Boy color games in a folder game boy advance games in a folder super nintendo games in a folder and not only that the little folder icons you can pick to have like a little game boy sprite and you can pick even the color so i have all the colors of the actual consoles that i own oh wow yellow game boy turquoise game boy color it's really really nice um so yeah so um that's basically all i've been playing fall guys on ps4 Paper Mario on the GameCube and Animal Crossing on the Switch and trying to fix this SNES Mini to work with my my uh, fake English-translated Japanese Game Boy ROMs. <laughs> That's my <laughs> life. It's not a bad life, to be fair. No, it's very fun, actually. I also have um, some Game Boy... Uh, or, sorry, not Game Boy Mini, Super Nintendo Mini... Uh, controller extension cables that I bought off Amazon. So my controllers are like three meter long cables, which means I can play it in bed, which is very nice. Lovely. The cables you get with it are very short. I think that's true of like all those mini consoles that came out. The, the controllers were terribly uh, short. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry uh, if I sound distracted, by the way. I'm trying to get the game going again. I had to log back into the Half time anyway. Okay, good. All right. Uh, while you're trying to get that going again, we'll talk about some movie films. Uh, who's been watching movies this week? I've, I've watched a couple. We've cool. all been watching movies. We've got loads of movies. We've got loads of movies. We're the movie guys. Oh, we're the movie crew. <laughs> um, that could be the that could be the new podcast name, Movie Crew. Oh, the movie crew. We just we're comic book movies. Um. Watched a, a little independent rom com um, called Plus One. So it stars um, a young lady called Maya Erskine, who's in Pen 15, the um, sitcom Penis. Um, that, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, she's, she's a lead along with um, Jack Quaid, who is the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Who's now an actor in his, his own right? Um, so it's just, they play sort of a couple of you know good friends who have to spend a summer going to various weddings, you know, as you do when you're in your late twenties, early thirties, and everyone gets married. Uh, you just go to endless weddings 
Um, they agreed to kind of go together so that they don't have to worry about finding dates and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they kind of change from friends into starts to become more and all that kind of thing. It's um, quite a nice little movie. I wouldn't say it was particularly kind of, you know, standout or memorable. Um, Ed Bagley Jr. shows up in it, which is funny because he stands so well in um, Arrested Development. And so I pointed at the screen and went, stand sit well. And Michelle said, yes, stand sit well. Um, so he was good in it. Jack Quaid, uh, it's not exactly Dennis Quaid, I'll be honest, or Meg Ryan. I don't think he's got too much kind of screen presence and charisma. He was he was decent, but not um, not anything notable. But yeah, it was, it was a kind of good little film. Maybe want to check out if you, if you want a rom-com that's not kind of just predictable, sort of trashy sort of stuff, then that was decent. Um, and then the other thing I watched was Jumanji The Next Level. Oh, um, hell yeah. So this is the sequel to the kind of reboot of the last one. Um, again, starring The Rock, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillan, and Jack Black. Um, it was a little bit shite, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> Oh, I think the, the the previous one was such a kind of pleasant surprise because I expected that to be, you know, a bit shit and it was actually pretty good. Um, but this was just a very, very kind of obvious retreading um, yeah. of, of that last one. Um, but they threw in Danny DeVito and Danny Glover for some reason. Well, that, that automatically makes it better, though. Well, did it? I don't think so. What I did, what I kind of didn't like about it was, it, it, it was very hard, or, or it wasn't kind of worth the effort of keeping up with which character was which, and they kept swapping for some reason. I didn't really understand why, how why that happened, but they were, they brought back all the characters and added some new ones, and so you had all these different characters who are of course playing avatars. So they're like, so Danny DeVito is the Rock, play, you know, the Rock is play, they're acting like Danny DeVito, but then. Don't even think it was a horse or something. And it kept and it was fine. And they had the hound from Game of Thrones as the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is great. <laughs> it was right. I, I, yeah, I didn't really enjoy it. it. It had its moments. It had its moments. It, was, it wasn't unfunny. But I just wasn't as invested, really, in the next one. I wish they'd done something a little bit different. Just rather than kind of a retread. Maybe taking it to kind of, you know, our world, you know, like the first one did, and brought the kind of, you know, all the animals and that into... into Earth, realm of Earth. Well, that's that's sort of the tease for the next one, isn't it? Oh, is there another one? Uh, well, oh, well, at the end. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so maybe that one will step up a bit. But yeah, I thought this one was just too similar to the last one. It was kind of fine. It was, it was whatever. Uh, yeah, so that's, that is that's still cool. to this day the only film starring The Rock that I've not seen yet. Well, it's, yeah. it's probably better than most of the ones you've seen, to be fair. Yeah. Better than why we got married number two. What? I don't believe it. Uh, what about you, Paul? You've watched some films, I'd imagine. I have. Uh, I continued my alphabetized films that I own watch marathon. So I, I watched uh, Eight Mile, as you might remember, uh, starring Michael Shannon. I watched Adaptation, I watched Barton Fink, and I watched The Counselor. So that was my number and my ABC. Oh, yeah. This week, I have DEF, 
Uh, I watched uh, Agatha Christie's Poirot in Death on the Nile. I watched Edward Scissorhands. And I watched Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain. So these are all films I'm seeing for the first time. Okay. Uh, so I start with Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile is the follow-up to the much more famous and much more popular Murder on the Orient Express, uh, which is coming out as a remake uh, starring Russell Brand in a few what? months, I think. Um, yeah, the, Kenneth Branagh is doing another one. Kenneth Branagh is played uh, Poirot, Poirot in yeah. Murder on the Orient Express like two years ago. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't as good as the uh, the 1971. Directed by Sidney Lumet, who did my favorite movie of all time, 12 Angry Men. Um, so a little bit of a downgrade there. Uh, starring Sean Connery and Ingrid Bergman. Um, uh, so uh, Death on the Nile, made uh, 1980, I think. Um doesn't star uh, the same actor as Poirot. I don't remember who played. Was it Alfred Finney in the in Murder on the Orient Express? I don't really remember. It's uh, Peter Ustinov now, who is a, a two-time Oscar winner. Uh, he won it for Spartacus, I think, as uh, Best Supporting Actor. He plays Poirot. He's kind of a, a lovable, um, schlubbier version than what I remember from the first one. He's, he's quite funny and quite self-depreciating. Um, Egypt is a great setting for movies, by the way. I feel like you, there used to be a lot more films set in the kind of northern Africa, whether it was like Raiders of the Lost Ark or... Um, I think... I don't remember the, the, the name. There was one with like Matthew McConaughey. There was a lot of films set in that kind of North, North African region mm. that you just don't really see anymore. I think it's got a great look, great feel to it. Um... And as the name might suggest, someone gets murdered on a boat trip down the Nile, and they have to Poirot got to figure out what's going. Oh, what happened here? Why these people have been killed or not? <laughs> um, <laughs> it is in some ways better than Murder and the Orient Express. Um, like I said, I really like the setting of it. I think a lot of the performances are really good in it. Um, it's got, got some got some young actresses who you might know as as older ladies oh. uh, maggie smith is in it oh yeah yeah she must be like 35 in it uh which is quite quite bizarre i've never seen maggie smith as like a younger lady in a film um it has maggie smith betty davis uh angela lansbury who is who isn't solving the case for once she's very funny in it um it it, it is a, a little bit contrived it's kind of contrivances on top of contrivances whereas murder on the orient express has, has a very satisfying ending this one jumps through a few hoops to get to its ending and it's like a uh, little bit little bit weird um but that, it was fine an enjoyable movie if far too long two hours 20 for a wacky whodunit come on but uh, when you think about how long all the comic book movies are you know i know but uh, what would happen is, right, Poirot would keep, like, accusing people, hypothetically going, you could have picked up the gun, gone to the room, and shot the person, right? And he says this to, like, ten people, and every time they show it, like, you see the person pick up the gun, walk to the room, 
It's like, okay, well, Poirot said it. That's enough. I don't need to see it as well because we're adding fucking 10 seconds unnecessarily on every time we're showing this scene again and again and again. But no, it, it was okay. I would I would have I would have shaved about half an hour off it and it would have been better for it. But it, it was good. It was good fun. Um, then watch Edward Scissorhands for the first time. Either of you seen this one? Oh, no, actually, it's one of the one of the. I really haven't seen much of Burton's kind of peak stuff. I haven't either. I've I've seen you know the Batman films, obviously. Yeah. And aside from that, I really haven't seen much. Of I've it. seen more of his modern um, shite than I have his like. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he made about three. Um, to be fair. <laughs> true. Um, I thought Edward Scissorhands was great. That was mm-hmm. excellent. Um, I really didn't know much about what the plot was. I thought it was going to be a lot more kind of gothic-y than it is. It's 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 more a fish-out-of-water story uh, than I realized it was going to be. So um, there's this great little... The blandest suburban community with, like, these all these single-floor bungalows. They're all painted... The most basic pastel colors. The doors and the garage doors are the same color as the houses. So all these houses have this uniform look to them. And then at the end of the road, you just have this big hill with a big scary house on it. Very, very funny. Um, and this um, Avon lady is going around selling her wares. She's getting turned away at every corner. And so she goes up to the house for the first time. She finds this weirdo living there on his own. Edward's his friends. She brings him down. You're going to live with us. And he, he kind of joins the family and he doesn't quite understand their way of life. And his, his hands are scissors. He's cutting shit up. And, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was. I, I love the style of it. I love the weirdness of the characters. And not weird in, in even a Tim, what I know to be a Tim Burton way. Like it's not a dark brooding film like the Batman films are or like you might expect Tim Burton stuff to be. It's it's a much more colorful, much more lighthearted weirdness, um, almost like a Wes Andersony weirdness. Um, I love that all like the town is seventy five percent women who are just all gossips and all want to find out what this weird man's about, and they're chasing them down. And the 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 lady has who, who picks them up. She is like a hundred missed calls on the answering machine. Why? Well, who's this man? What's going on? Um, I thought Johnny Depp was very good in it. I love the character design. Uh, screenplay was very good. Um, what's her name? Winona Ryder was great in it as well. Very, very pretty young Win- uh, Winona Ryder. Um, yeah, it was great. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, nice surprise. Given that I had kind of been gearing myself up for a darker Tim Burton experience to find that that wasn't really what the film is. And that was a, that was a really nice surprise. So big 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 thumbs up on Edward Scissorhands. Um and then finally The Fountain, uh which is my fourth Darren Aronofsky film, who a director that I've really really enjoyed all all of his stuff. Um I've watched The Wrestler. We probably we've all seen The Wrestler at this yeah, point, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, Wrestler's great. Mother was my favorite movie of uh Whenever it came out in 2017, I think. Really, really loved Mother. Black Swan, I think, is great. Um, 
And the other one I've seen now is The Fountain. Uh, I'm still to see Pi, Requiem for a Dream, I've not seen, of course, as well, and Noah, which I don't really have any interest to watch Noah, but um, for completionist's sake, I might might watch it someday. But anyway, The Fountain is a very hard film to describe. It, essentially, um, Hugh Jackman plays this like neurological scientist, mm-hmm. neuroscientist, I guess. And he's um, developing cures for, like, cancer. He's working on, like, a little monkey's head, right? And his wife, played by Rachel Weisz, gets sick. And so his personal life and his professional life start to intertwine. Um, And while this is happening, the story is being told, not only his story, but there's a... There's three different timelines going at once where you have him and his wife. You have a flashback to Conquistador times. This sounds fucking crazy, I realize. But <laughs> a Conquistador, also played by Hugh Jackman, is being sent to uh, South America by, um, I think, the Queen of Spain. I, I forget the guy, Isabella. Uh, to find the Tree of Life the from from the Bible and from mayan mythology okay and then you also have a almost a science fiction timeline of like uh, a character called the traveler also played by hugh jackman who's in this like little bubble in space um on his own and he's he's going to a a mysterious destination that you, you you don't quite get at the beginning of the film now for the first half hour I really didn't get it. I was like, what is going on in this film? Why is why is there a little bald Hugh Jackman in, in a bubble in space with a tree, eating the tree? And then why is there this kind of ho-hum dra- romance drama between like modern-day Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz? And then why are we in the past with like three musketeer beard Hugh Jackman being like and his boys being killed by Mayan, you know, savages. Um so as I said, sounds metal to explain. And for the first half hour I really kind of struggled to get to grips with it. But by the end I had totally come around on it. And it, it totally works somehow. Um the 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 three timelines also start to blend and start to intertwine in a way that I, I would assume really do, wouldn't have worked on paper. Like I can imagine the film executives reading the screenplay uh, written by Darren Aronofsky and going like, what is this? What, mm. what were you smoking when you wrote this? This is madness and not doesn't make any sense. But somehow Aronofsky makes it work in a, in a really satisfying way. What I would c- compare it to, right? Um, not not a film that I enjoyed necessarily, but to give you a kind of idea, I, I know it, it was a film that most people did enjoy. I was kind of on my on an island with this, but I thought it was similar, not necessarily in stuff that happens in it, but just kind of idea wise. I found it similar to uh, Annihilation, which oh, okay. is a movie from like two years two ago. Two years ago, yeah. And Hathaway, was it? Uh, no, um, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. I always get those two mixed up. Um, so it had that kind of strangeness to it, but I, I found it a lot more satisfying than than and I. I didn't like Annihilation at all, but um, I acknowledge that Annihilation had a lot of 
interesting ideas and and did succeed in a lot of those and i would say the fountain kind of reminded me a little bit of that um it's very very strange i would recommend aside from what i've said if if you enjoyed aronofsky's stuff go into it knowing as little as possible aside from what i said like i've, I've tried not to spoil much of it it's um very very strange but in in a good way and uh it's definitely a film that i will need to kind of think on what my interpretation of it really is because especially towards the end it goes in very strange directions almost in kind of 2001 a space odyssey end directions it's 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 probably not very literal in, in what it ends ends up going like i've i have my literal interpretation of it but um very very weird but uh very good film i i i definitely enjoyed it I think uh, I'm four for four now on Aronofsky. I think he's a director that I can pretty reliably sit down and watch one of his movies and know that I'm I'm gonna enjoy it. Nice. It's it is probably closer to the okay. mother end of the scale though than the uh, the Black Swan or the Wrestler end. It, it, it's yeah. much a, a weirder film than those, even even than than Black Swan, which is weird in its own way. Okay. Uh, I uh, went to the cinema this week. Um, I watched the anniversary re-release version of Inception. Okay. Uh, which I had previously only ever seen Inception on DVD. Um, I got... <coughs> oh, uh, <laughs> allergic to that terrible format. Um... So I was very excited to see it in the cinema, and my girlfriend had not seen it uh, at all. So I was like, "Oh, we, wow. we, we were looking, we were looking at the." And to be fair, I only saw it for the first time a couple of years ago. But I was very late to Inception, but uh, we were looking at the old films that were running in the cinema because they're still they're still primarily doing the old films. And I was like, "Yeah, it's Harry Potter seven or fucking something." We uh, got the uh, Batman, and then I was like, "Oh, Inception, right? We'll see Inception in the cinema." And uh, you know, it's brilliant. Um, it's still excellent. Uh, I loved it. Uh, so glad to see it in the cinema. Oh my god! Like I was, I was still getting chills at all the really, the the, the most memorable uh, uh, kind of set pieces. It was really, really, really excellent. Really loved it. One thing I will say, since I've been going to the cinema again in, in the COVID era, first of all, there's been barely anyone there, which is great. It's like we go and there's like three other people in the cinema. They're all very quiet. They're ages away. They're not sitting near you. They're watching the movie and they leave. That's great. The other thing is that there's no trailers or ads. Because I guess no one's paying for ad space, you know, before these old movies run, right? Uh, this uh, theater outing, a little busier. It still wasn't packed. It was still very, very, you know, primarily empty, but a little busier. And for the first time since, like, February, there was someone on their phone in the cinema shining their flashlight and, oh, I dropped my wallet. Oh. Uh, and so for the first time in God knows how long, I actually saw someone ejected from the cinema, which I, I feel like I saw once a month before the COVID, but now, now this is my first time seeing it in quite a while. Um, so that's annoyed me. I, I, I hope, hopefully, this this era of the of the cinema where lots of people are still too scared to go is not sullied um, by by normies returning. The other thing I will say is that if you if you do see the anniversary edition of Inception listed in your local cinema, um, they do play a really, really, really long tenet preview 
um, before they show the film where they talk about oh, the uh, Chris Nolan. I mean, he's just he's a, a mother effing genius. Um, uh, and then they play that. It's it's far too long, and it shows far too much of the film. It was really annoying. And then there's a special intro to Inception itself, where Chris Nolan goes out. Oh, well, you know, I'm I'm a genius, and I made this film. <laughs> Um, um, and it was really, really good and all that. Um, so I mean, like, fair enough. Like, I do love the movie, and he is great. And I'm very excited for Tenet, but it was too much, too much prattling on before the film. Um, uh, yeah, and it is. I think it's it's some kind of slight remaster. Like, the, he sees, he said it's a new a new print of the film or something like that. I I can't say I noticed too much. They didn't add any ridiculous scenes. I'll say that much. It was probably a, a uh, spit shine on the special effects. I would imagine. Uh, but yeah, so that was that. Uh, I'm soldiering on with my X Men rewatch. Um, or in this case, this week I actually watched some films in the series I hadn't seen before. Um, so last week on the show we talked about the first three, the initial trilogy, uh, and so we moved on from that. Uh, for the first time ever this t- this week, I saw X Men Origins Wolverine, uh, which. Among people I know, Paul, you are the high man on this movie. You're like the only person I know who doesn't think it's a pile of shite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's put that into context for a minute. I understand that this is a film that stars uh, Will I Am as a cowboy. It's, you know, I I think it's a, a fun, bad film rather than that I think it's any good. Do you know what I mean? Okay, well, I I just thought it was shit. I mean, I, I thought it was just. <laughs> I can't argue with you. I can't argue. It was so bad. It's like, and like for the first half or thereabouts, I was kind of like, okay, this isn't that good, but like whatever. I, it was kind of like I was thinking about okay, um, like it's about the level of the last stand, but with worse CGI. Because because the one thing that's constant throughout this film is literally every digital effect looks absolutely horrendous in this film. Like like for all the tinkering they've done with, with Star Wars over the years, this is a film that needs about ten revisions. I mean, it's it looks absolutely atrocious from a, from a visual standpoint. But other than that, I was like, all right, it's kind of boring. It's like you know. Don't really care about Wolverine versus Sabretooth. They've, you know, drummed up this love interest. Eh, who cares? And I was like, I didn't. I wasn't going to talk about it. It was just like this horrendous film. But then, like, the final act is so dog shit. It's so there is this completely ludicrous scene where um, uh, Wolverine and Will I Am are in a boxing club, and one of their old soldier buddies, uh, he's now gigantically fat. Um, in an absolutely like a really absolutely absurd fat bastard Austin Powers style fat suit. He looks ridiculous, and he and he and he and Wolverine have a fight, and it's like it's it's like it's a fight over a piece of information that's like crucial information for the final act of the film to happen, and they're having this like weird comedic fight, and it's not funny at all, and that leads then to the infamous uh, soul. Uh, film iteration of Gambit, 
Um, which is, which is again, like he's in like some kind of pound shop outfit. He just looks ridiculous. Really, just really a horrible rendition of a character that people like. Um, and then that leads us to the most, like the, the final act then is just the most cliche comic book thing where there's all these really obvious revelations that you can see coming a hundred miles away and the evil scientist laughs and they're in a, they're in a chemical plant. And then the, the, again, very infamous Ryan Reynolds, uh, Deadpool, um, uh, fight happens. I mean, that, I mean, that character, even leaving aside the fact that it's supposed to be Deadpool, that character just looks ridiculous and it's, it's so, so bad in so many different ways. So that, that movie was, was a right pain. Uh, rewatched first class, which I'd seen before, still very good. Um, in fact, maybe even a, a touch better than I remembered it. Um, that's a real, that's a real, that's probably the most like, least action heavy film of the franchise i think um which is great it's kind of like it's like the inverse of x2 it's like it's as good as x2 but it's a completely different film because that film as i was saying last week that's just action 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 and this one is very much just uh kind of just a story driven thing which is great Uh, so that was good and then i watched for the very first time this is the last film in the series i haven't seen yet uh, I watched uh, the Wolverine, the uh, er, the first James Mangold film uh, that he did, where uh, Hugh Jackman goes to Japan and that. Um, I thought this was—I was actually really digging this. I was really enjoying it. I thought it was interesting. It was kind of a fish out of water story where they literally just plucked Wolverine and flung him into this sort of uh, Japanese kind of uh, zaibatsu samurai story uh, of intrigue and betrayal and and, and all sort of stuff. And I was, I was really liking it. I thought it was really good. And then sort of the final act kind of just kind of, uh, kind of like Origins, then it just kind of became, here's, here's your superhero final scene. Here's your, here's your closing act of a superhero film, um, which, which was kind of a kind of flat ending for me. But I can see, I, I still enjoyed it overall, and I can kind of see why after that they were like, yeah, this fella's good enough to do the last Jackman film. He's, he proved himself. You know, it's, it's, it's a really solid film on the whole. Um uh, and I did appreciate also that, like, even though this one wasn't R-rated, uh, Mangold, he, he, he got a, a more kind of a grisly Wolverine film than you'd previously seen in the franchise to that point, which I appreciated. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I'm at. I still have then the, uh, I've got uh, one, two, three, four films left. Uh, six, if you include Deadpool, which I am going to rewatch as well. Uh, the two Deadpool movies. Um, so it's at the halfway point. It's it's a very weird eclectic franchise that you can really tell it spanned twenty years, and they were they they weathered a lot of storms and they they you know a lot of different periods in blockbuster cinema. You know, um, so yeah, um, first class was a really that was a perfectly timed perfect prequel because they really needed to just to wipe the blackboard clean and say all right let's 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 get away from all of this and let's let's start clean uh which they did so uh i'm working on 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 an ongoing ranking of x-men on letterboxd i haven't published it yet but i'm going to give our listeners a little preview here of where everyone stands okay Mm -hmm. this is this is halfway through so i haven't seen the second half of the of the franchise yet so at number six you got x-men origins wolverine at number five, at number five, you've got the last stand. At number right. four, I, I already disagree, but that's okay. At number four, you've got the Wolverine. At number three, you've got X Men One. At number two, you've got First Class, and at number one, you've got X Two. 
Okay. Where 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 are you disagreeing on that one? I I I think the last stand is is the worst one by a distance compared okay. of the ones you've seen so far. Um, like I said, I I got some enjoyment out of the, out of Origins. I got like no enjoyment out of the last stand. I think the last stand is just a mess. Um, I don't, and we're splitting hairs, but I don't quite enjoy first class as much as you did, and I think I enjoyed the Wolverine more. Yeah. Then, even then, maybe like the first X Men, but no. In a general sense, look, you you have the bad ones at the bottom and the good ones at the top, so you're 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 right, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, last stand was weird. Like, I, I, I feel like I ended up on a rewatch going like two stars on it. I feel like I could have gone lower because there were bits of it I liked, but but when it ended, my main thing I was just thinking about was like, no, none of the character motivations made sense at all, and 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 it was a mess. It was it was a mess, but there was there was bits of it that I I, I thought were, were were interesting. But yeah, the right. I I have. An X Men list here as well. If oh, you want to hear it. go on, yeah, absolutely. Right, this is uh, all twelve ranked Excellent. from twelve to one. Right, uh, I have at number twelve. Um, and by the way, I, I might need to rejigger this because again, this is kind of based on how much I, I I enjoy the movies versus how good they are. But I've noticed that I have I have X Men Origins Wolverine above First Class. So already I'm thinking, hang on a second, this ain't right. But um, number twelve, Last Stand. Uh, Eleven Deadpool, which I, I hated. The first yeah, you didn't. You didn't like Deadpool one. Yeah. Uh, Ten, I have Dark Phoenix. Mm. Nine, I have First Class. But like I just said, I didn't really love First Class. You had Apocalypse above First Class. Yeah, uh, not far above it. Uh, okay. I have I have eight uh, Origins Wolverine and seven Apocalypse. Okay, uh, but 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 then to me. Apocalypse has like the best scene in any of the movies, which is the uh, Quicksilver scene at the mansion. So at least it has that going for it. Um, I have six, the first one, X Men. Uh, five, Deadpool two, which mm. I thought was very good, much better than the first one. Uh, four, I have the Wolverine. Three, I have Days of Future Past. Two, I have X two, and number one, I have Logan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to actually rewatch Days of Future Past. That's next. I've only, I think I've only seen that once. That's a great movie. Um, yeah. Also, one thing I'm very confused about: um, try even watching these films in order has been quite interesting because it's like because I, I I think I only saw the first three and then I picked back up at Days of Future Past. I skipped loads. I skipped loads as they were coming out. Watching them in order, I'm like, okay, three. And origins back to back. How the film, how the franchise survived past that, I have absolutely no idea. Because those are just two dog shit movies right next to each other, um, and they both kind of take a hammer to the canon as well in in a way that I thought was kind of hilarious. Um, and, but but see, but seeing it then pick back up is really interesting. Um, but anyway, that's our our our, our X Men minute uh, for now. But yeah, the, the canon has also been the, the timeline where the timelines. Go has been quite difficult to keep an eye on as well, but I'll we'll pick that back up next week. Um, that's all the film that I have watched this week. Did you watch any of the stuff from the DC Fan Dome yesterday? Of course. Um, I 
thought basically everything except the Justice League trailer looked good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me give you a quick rundown from my side, okay? Okay. I thought the Batman, right, looks like... I think, I think it looks good, but with, with, with an asterisk. And my asterisk is that it looks like halfway between Nolan Batman and Snyder Batman. Yeah. Mm. Which, you know, at least Nolan's Batman has a very definitive style. And at least Snyder's Batman has a very definitive style. Matt Reeves, as much as I've enjoyed every Matt Reeves film I've seen, because he did um, Cloverfield and he did one of the Planet of the Apes movies. As much as I, I like every Matt Reeves film I've seen, I can't say that he's got a definitive style necessarily. No, yeah. Like, he's just. Whereas, you know, I, I really don't like... Um, Zack Snyder at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like Chris Nolan. But it's it's kind of like, okay, you, you have a um you know a Phoenix or a a, a um a wrestler everyone loves, like um I, I was gonna say I was gonna say John Cena, obviously not John Cena, but like you know, St- Steve Austin in his prime. Everyone loves Steve Austin. Yeah. And everyone, not not everyone loves Will Ospreay necessarily. Some people love Will Ospreay. A lot of people don't love Will Ospreay. M- Matt Reeves is kind of more a a, a Val Venusy in the middle. <laughs> Doesn't really excel at anything. He's just kind of there. He's competent, you know. Um, I I thought that it looked good. As a, I I thought it looked very good, and I'm very interested to watch it. Maybe it'll be like a Todd Phillips where it comes out really well uh, on the strength of the performances or the, the strength of the screenplay, but. Matt Reeves is kind of like a Colin Trevorrow, where he's just a head they bring in to make the film. He doesn't necessarily have anything of his own. Ah, that, I mean, I kind of agree with you that he doesn't have a, a style, but I think I, I think that's a bit harsh. I mean, like he he directed the the second and third episodes. I mean, those are great movies. Well, I, I've not seen the third one. I've only seen the second oh, one. I did really. Oh, you got to see the third one. I mean, it's not going to like blow you away. You've already seen the second one. Like it's it's another really great one akin to the second one, but. Um, but yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I really, I really like Matt Reeves. Don't get me wrong; I really like him. But it is, it, it is, a, it is something of an odd choice when the last two figureheads that have been like Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder. Say what you will about him, but like you know, he he's a director people get behind, and he's very successful. Matt Reeves is kind of a. It does kind of feel like it is literally just off the heels of that last Apes movie that they were like, okay, this guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, he, he's good. Um, I, thought, I did. I thought the trailer was looked great, though. I I thought it looked really, really great. Right, yeah, I liked and then, uh, yeah, go for it, Joe. So yeah, no, I like the look of it. Um, more more detectivey Batman than punching balls, Batman. Yeah, yeah, that's what we need. I tell you, for for the Riddler, could they have got a better actor than Paul Dano? I uh, yeah, no. Is <laughs> no is the answer. Is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think great, if. Yeah. if if he plays that anyway, like he played, you know, in Prisoners or um, There Will Be Blood or anything like that, like Paul Dano can definitely nail that kind of character. Yeah, I'm hoping for a kind of Seven vibe with um, yeah. with Batman as Brad Pitt, um, Commissioner Gordon as Morgan Freeman, and Paul Dano as uh, Kevin Spacey. Without the touch. Je- dancing, thanks. Je- <laughs> Jeffrey Wright is a great Gordon as well, by the way. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great casting. He's a great actor. Yeah, um, horrible wig, horrible wig on him though. Um, also, I was asked um, today because uh, I, I was talking to somebody about the um, Gotham Knights 
video oh, game trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said to me, "Does it look good?" It's kind of hard to muster. That's a noise I made, it, isn't it? It's kind of hard to. You know. It certainly looks like a game. Yeah. And then I kind of felt the same way about the Suicide Squad. Yeah, it was, a, it was right. Did I hear right that they that they said that the Suicide Squad game is like the same continuity as the Arkham games? Yes. So that's kind of the weird thing. So first of all, <laughs> I, I I couldn't believe that the Suicide Squad game is out. It's in 2022. They've been working on it since, like, well, they finished the last game in 2015. Like, like they have been working on this thing for a. But I guess I, my guess is that there was a uh, generation. Uh, flip halfway through development, I would imagine. Um, Possibly, but yeah. So to, yeah, so Rocksteady is making the Suicide Squad game, and they've said that it's in the same continuity as the Arkham games, which they made, and that's their franchise, right? The Gotham Knights is made by WB Montreal, who made Arkham Origins, which famously Rocksteady have continuously said is not canon. So it seems like Rocksteady really just does not like other studios making games in their canon because Gotham Knights is not canon to the Arkham Knight game, even though, did you watch that story trailer they put out? Yeah. They they tried as, even though it is, you know, quote-unquote, technically not canon, they tried, they laid it on as thick as possible to allude to the ending of... Arkham Knight, which is that the the Bruce Wayne is presumed dead after Wayne Manor blows up, um, and that exact same thing is the premise of this game. Um, but yeah, it just kind of seems like a weird sort of Cold War thing they've going on there, where Rocksteady just refuses to let any game be in in their universe, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it's quite odd. Well, I mean, it's what they 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 do best. Like, yeah, well, I found it weird that they came out that it was in the same continuity because. Insofar as the tone and look of the game, it couldn't be more different. Like, why do the characters not look like monsters in this one? Yeah, yeah, they've got yeah. The character models look a little less uh, absurd, um, thankfully. Um, yeah, I wonder. I, yeah, like I, I wonder. Wrestling figures anymore. So yeah, so that, but um, yeah, and it's, so there was no gameplay of that. But it, it seems like a cool premise. And they did say in, in in their in their press release that it's basically going to be like it is going to be a shooter. It's going to be a, like every every character in that trailer had a gun, you know. So that's 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 completely different from anything they've done before. So um, yeah, the game stuff all looked good. I mean, Gotham Knights didn't look amazing, but it looked alright. Like it looked okay. These co op games are all the rage at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, that's why. That's why that was my my one kind of turn off from Gotham Knight was when they had the little ping in the corner that said, "Oh, Robin has joined your session." I was like, "Oh God!" Well, <laughs> oh. Um, and then numbers started flying off the enemies, and they were talking about when they were fighting Mister Freeze. They're like, "Oh, enemies scale to your level." I was like, "Pass." I, 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 I don't care about any of this replay it with a party or level up and revisit and get epic loot don't care don't care about any of that I, I, I play all these games on my own um, whereas you can play Suicide single Squad player game, and all the other people will be bots in the game no thanks I don't want to play that that sounds awful the, whereas the Suicide Squad game they were kind of pitching more as like uh, like it's like a party game, but we can have AI all the time, and it's not drop in, drop out, and kind of stuff. That kind of seemed more a little, a little more uh, kind of narrative focused, but it's still very early for for, for that one. So we'll see. Um, and uh, what else was there on that? And, I, 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 and that, 
that Justice League trailer definitely looked like the Justice League that I saw already. Um, could they have had any more of a Zack Snydery trailer with Hallelujah oh, Leonard Cohen playing God. over it? Appalling. Um, oh. And then they announced that it's going to be released in four one-hour increments, leading finally to like a full film release. Zack Snyder's films are so boring. Why would I? Why would you want to watch a four-hour version of Justice League? Christ Almighty! That's the thing. He has these big, like, grandiose scenes where it's all like slow motion battles and and people screaming and you know Jesus imagery. And it's like it feels like when he, he, he like those scenes are in there, and then everything else is moving as slow as humanly possible. Um, and it's just a bunch of very boring converse- conversations in grey rooms. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, I don't know. On the one hand, it's like, that sounds like torture and I have no interest to watch it. But on the other hand, it's like, well, if they're going to bother doing this, they should have it be a new, different thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it, if it comes out and he fixed the colour grading, I mean, that's not, that's not worth a big hullabaloo, is it? You know? Four hours of it, though. Now, to yeah. be fair... I I thought the Justice League was all right. Now, I'm realizing in retrospect, what I liked about it was probably all the Joss Whedon stuff, which is not going to be in <laughs> this version. Um, because I found that Justice League, compared to your you know, Man of Steel and uh, Batman v Superman, I found it a lot less like boring, a lot more accessible, a lot more kind of entertaining, I suppose. So to, to hear that it's going to be a four-hour... Zack Snyder only version, and and like of Zack Snyder, I've seen you know three hundred. I've seen obviously all the super superhero ones I just mentioned. I've seen Watchmen. Pretty unanimously hated all of those films. I I I can't imagine this Justice League is going to be for me. And it's like, uh, yeah, and and like the the one thing they included in the trailer, which in, in a it's a weird thing because they like. It sort of illustrated that, hey, this is going to be a different movie, but it also spoiled one of the things that's different. Like, so they, they have a scene in there where a cyborg's dad dies, right, in that trailer. And it's like, it's like okay, so is this going to be a thing where, like, we can cut five scenes of characters being obliterated and miserable and crying for an hour, and, and Snyder's going to put them back in and make some new ones? Like, it's just going to be... It's going to be Batman v Superman again, which is just you know four hours of just misery. Uh, this guy is sad in a cave. This guy is sad in a rain. They fight. They cry. They scream. Everyone's fucking miserable. It's like it's it's like that's what this is going to be because it seems like any like now and don't get me wrong, all the weed and stuff where he, he has this like cutesy fan cam footage of of su- Superman with his fake non mustache. I mean, all that stuff was shit, but I, 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 just, I think the, the, the ultimate conclusion is I have no desire to see any version of this film. <laughs> um, I think I'll, I'll at least watch the first like hour out of curiosity. Yeah. Um, and then that'll let me know how my tolerance is for watching it. But, you know, not even necessarily to say it's bad, but I just don't enjoy his style of film. As, as I was saying earlier about the Batman, like, okay, Snyder has a style. And, like, visually, he's a very good director. But his films are so, like, again, I find them just so boring. Yeah. <laughs> They're just so boring. I can't, I don't enjoy them. Anyway. Is there anything else? I think, I think that was pretty much it. Was uh, but, yeah, a bunch of, so they, um, 
they did a a, 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 a like no actual film footage, but they did like a teaser of Suicide Squad. Yeah, and, and The Rock and Black Adam as well. Yeah, I mean, those were both kind of too too little to, to really judge it, I think. Yeah. Um, although the Suicide Squad thing, they put out a, a like a sizzle reel of the actors talking about it and some very brief clips of them filming it. It looks, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. Um, like, like, I think James Gunn is infinitely more suited, even if it turns out to be a giant bomb, I think he's, he's infinitely better suited to be making a weird movie with DC than making... You know, Guardians is good and all, but making a very safe Marvel movie. Do you know what I mean? He, I think he's just he's. I think he's better being weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to describe Super to my girlfriend the other day because she hasn't seen it, and I was like, I can't really describe it without ruining all the weird shit in it. And I, I'm going to make her watch it at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, that was kind of it. And then the, there was a bunch of other stuff, but nothing, nothing super important. Uh, do we want to jump into our twenty questions here? Yes, so we're doing 20 questions. Uh, I, I always enjoy when we do 20 questions, mm. to be fair. Um, however, this is not 20 questions as you know it. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is our inaugural edition of Simpsons 20. This is something else. This is something else. So I've I've used a random Simpsons character generator to <laughs> choose randomly a Simpsons character. Um and the guys will have 20 questions to work out who it is. Simple oh. as that. Oof. Okay. Okay. Put your, put your Simpsons knowledge to the test. Now, I have no idea how hard or easy this is gonna be. You might get it very quickly and we'll never play mm-hmm. it again. Mm-hmm. Or it might be tough. I don't know because we've never played it before, so we will see. Okay, I think um, we can still go to start off with the, with the uh, the male versus female. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say one is this person a man? It is a man. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Is this person? Is this man uh, a school child? <laughs> uh, he is not a school child. Okay. Of course, I understand that the the question man was like male more so. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. A grown up necessarily, but no, it's not a school child. Okay, so we're looking at a grown adult, presumably, um, or, or a child who doesn't go to school, I suppose. Well, surely they should be in school. That's, That's up yeah. to their parents. Oh, it could be Maggie. Um, Okay, I'm already out of questions. Um, (laughs) um, Do they work at the nuclear power plant? They don't work at the nuclear power plant. Oh, (laughs) one of my questions is going to be, do they work at Moe's? Let me see. very small list. Um, Hmm... Is this person voiced by Hank Azaria? Uh, I like your your question. Let me look this up. Uh, yes, he is. Okay. Who does Hank Azaria do? He does, uh, he does Mo uh, Apu in the problematic times. Um, Wiggum. I, I hear he does Apu every day. 
Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Um, hmm. Is this character ever seen working behind a counter? Oh, I would say no. Okay. I mean, possibly at some point. That I don't yeah, remember, in a general once. sense, no, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, no, known for that. No. Okay. Um. So not a Puomo. Um. Hmm. Not a Poo or Mo. Uh, it it, it could be Wigum. It is this person a father? Um. Ooh. Uh, according to Simpsons Wiki, which is what I'm using, yes. Okay. Um. Father. Uh. Okay. I have an idea, Joe. This could be. I'm not certain if he's if he's voiced by Azaria, but I think he might be. This could be Jailbird slash Snake. Um. I think he's voiced by Azaria. He doesn't work behind a counter. I think there's a scene. Yes, there's a scene where he has his son steal a, a bike. Yeah. And he goes, Look, Daddy, I'm stealing, I'm stealing. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so that could be an option, but I'm not certain he's in his area. Uh, so we might go in that direction. Um, okay, have, have they ever been in prison? Yes. Okay. 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 Um. I mean, a lot of them have been in prison at some point. But... That's true. That's true. But um, does this person have red hair? No. Oh no. Um. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, no, Fat Tony is Joe Montana, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like so. Um. I don't have red hair. Um, so they've been in prison. They're a parent. They don't work at a nuclear power plant. It's not going to be Mo. Uh, I can't even think of any Simpsons characters. Who are like groundskeeper? There's quite a few. Do you think, like, this isn't like some season twenty-four cameo person? Is it? Is it's like? It's a regular character, right? Yeah, it's it's not a, a one and done okay. celebrity voice though. Um God, I don't think who else is there. It's not gonna be any of the Flanders. No. Ned Flanders, is it? Uh um I think he's been in prison. Um, um hmm. I'm looking at his like looks, or, like hair or glasses or something. Yeah, that's what that's what I was kind of thinking. Okay, does this person wear glasses? No. Okay, so not Flanders definitely. Okay. Um. Um. No glasses. It could be Wiggum. He may have made maybe he went to jail at some point. Oh yeah. Um, does this person have blue hair? 
They don't. Oh my god. That's ten. Oh we're halfway there. We've got this fight. This we've this bad in ages. Um Okay. Could be grandpa. No, that's uh Dan Castellaneta. Oh, oh of course, yes, 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 yes. Um I suppose the problem with Azaria is that he doesn't name any of the family, but he names so many of the other characters. Mm, sure. uh, uh, let me think. I'm trying to think. No, that person has red hair. Oh, um, my God. Krusty. Say what? Krusty. Uh, that's Castle as well. Is that half oh, Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, Castle does a surprising amount. He does a lot of them in. I thought you just did homework. Jesus. Uh, let me see. It's not going to be Frank. Wait, could it be Frank? Oh, uh, I don't know if he's been to jail, but he does have a. He has a kid, I think. Yeah, doesn't have. He's like bald or has like yellow sort of hair, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what question could oh, you no, pick. Like, he, has, he has glasses. Oh my god! Um, I watched the episode with Frank's kid just the other day as well. He flies through a window. Uh, in a plane. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's a good one. It's a uh, brother, could you spare two dimes? Um, I got one. Is this person a celebrity? In Yes. Ah, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So in they the are Simpsons a celebrity. world, they are. Okay. Yeah. In the Simpsons world, they are. Okay. I mean, I understand your question. Is I, uh, this, yeah, literally, I yeah. It's not, you know, is it um, literally a celebrity? Oh, Mike Tyson. Okay. Um, Who's famous? Did he... He wasn't George Bush, was he? Oh, I don't know. That's, um, I'm not sure. No, I don't, I don't. I don't think so. Um, he's, not, he's not Kent. Does he do Kent, or is that? No, that's Shearer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, okay, is is this person? Is oh, maybe they are. Um, is this person a doctor? No, they're not a doctor. Ah! Okay. Not Doctor Nick. Um, oh, could be who else is famous? Um, Bumblebee Man. Yeah, yeah. Into prison. Uh, probably, probably has, probably has. Um, you can you can ask. Are they a television star? Yeah, uh, is this person an actor? Um, they're not an actor. Not an actor. Oh, Jesus, not primarily an actor, anyway. No. <laughs> In the portfolio. Um... <laughs> Again, look, I, I need to. I, I need to asterisk some of these because, as you know, I've not seen a lot of the latter day Simpsons episodes. So. Yeah. yeah, but we we've all we've all seen the same the same um, stuff. Yeah, 
that's why I'm saying no. Primarily not an actor. Has possibly done some acting in some episode I've not seen. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but for the, for the purposes of this, no. Um, she's a celebrity. Um, Oh, I don't know if that's his area, but that's a oh, surely it is. Yeah. Um, hmm. Oh wait, Arnie, Arnie Pie in the sky. Or is that? That might be. That's that. That might be Castellan. That I'm not sure. Um. Uh, I think I think uh, Doffman's an interesting one. Um. Uh, how would you narrow it down to Duffman? That is the question. They like Duff, yeah. <laughs> um, is hmm, has this person ever been in Moe's? <laughs> that is a very wide yeah. net. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible question. I apologize. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. Have they been in Moe's? I, off the top of my head, I could not tell you an instance where they were in Moe's. Okay, I'll, we'll, we'll take that as a no. That's that's fair enough. I'm not going to, if you don't know, I'm not going to look it up later in Buran, because we know there's a, a well-known scene where Duffman was in Moe's and doing the, the, the fucking, yeah. yeah. So, okay, it's not Duffman. Fucking hell. Um. Okay, hang on. Let's, let's go another way about this. Um... Who, by any measure, would be a, a celebrity? Uh, like I was trying to think, Troy McClure, but that obviously would not be the case. Mm. Um, it wouldn't be Brockman because that's that's. Um, sure. That's how you hear. Ernie Pie, like I don't think so. Mm. Um, I don't think he was his area. Um, Hmm. Um, Wolf Castle, that's not going to be Hank Azari, is it? Um, could be. I don't know. Yeah, this is, I'm actually struggling with some of these. Some of these ones. Um, uh, yeah. We could just go down the celebrity route a bit more and ask, are they a presenter? Yeah. Are they a musician or something? Uh, um, is this person a kind of TV host or presenter? No. That's 15. <sighs> they're not an actor. They're not a TV host. Could be an athlete. Yeah, I'm trying to think who's a who is a um, an athlete in that in that world. There's no like footballers. Um, <laughs> this is really hard. Wait, oh, hang on. They've been in jail. You keep forgetting about that bit, actually. Yeah. 
could be um, uh, the Mike Tyson character. Oh, Dredrick Tatum. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's as uh, that's as good as we have certainly at the moment. Um, are they black? They are black. Ooh. <laughs> well, hmm, interesting. I think it has to be him, isn't it? Surely, yeah. Uh, did this person has this person ever fought Homer? <laughs> Who hasn't? They have. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So you want to guess? You got because you got that one. Is it Dredrick Clayton? After eighteen questions, and after Joe saying Mike Tyson at about ten questions. Oh yeah. Dredrick Tatum is correct. Wow. Well done. Well done. Uh, funny enough, right? You guys asked very early on, four or five questions in. Have they been to prison? Yeah. Dredrick Tatum on his Simpsons wiki page has a section titled Prison. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's go. that's good stuff. That was that was tough. That was actually harder than I was expecting. But I suppose you got like you got such a kind of limited kind of scope for questions. Well, I guess there's we haven't come up with the questions yet, is the point, you know? Yeah. Once we explored it, I think a few became kind that of That was good. Yeah. Well done. Good stuff. A bit of wrestling. Yeah, a bit of wrestling. Uh, did you watch Dynamite last night? Oh, yeah. I like it. Hey. Uh, I thought it was mostly good. A mixed bag, I would say. I thought it was one of the best episodes I've done. Oh, <laughs> I think I'm very kind of uh, unique in that opinion. I don't think the reaction was quite that high. But um, although, like, the, I think maybe because the wrestling wasn't particularly notable like there were some decent matches but it was kind of run of the mill a lot of it so maybe the main i thought the to get the bad out of the way mm-hmm. right i thought the eight-man tag with lucha bros um butcher and blade nightmare family whatever they're called and whoever the other team was who were the babyface team with them um uh, best friends was it? No, no. Best, mm, no, I don't remember who it was. Whoever it was, I I thought that match was awful. <laughs> Slop, sloppiest shite. Every move looked terrible. They're always out of position. Um. Oh, was he young? Wasn't Young Bucks? Was it? Uh, no, yeah, no, no, no. Young Bucks face. Oh, uh, no, they were, they were, they were in the, the elite. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but that eight man tag I thought was the shits. I thought it was one of the worst matches especially with people of the caliber of like phoenix and pentagon like it was terrible um uh yeah the the like uh, the jurassic express i kind of like them but they they, oh that's what it was jurassic express yeah yeah, they're 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 kind of they're kind of sloppy at times luchasaurus in particular is very slow and not not very good, to be honest. Like I like I like him, and he's the big man doing the kicks. But like when you get him in, in with like QT Marshall, who God love him, but like enough of the handspring into a kick <laughs> looks awful every time he does it. And like Butcher, who's not much. Like you've all these and Gold Dust or whatever he's called. All these like 
to be fair, like not the most technically skilled. And you're throwing them in with Phoenix, who's great, but like on an off day, Phoenix can be very sloppy. Yeah. It just, it was rubbish. Everything was rubbish that they did. And I thought the women's tag match was like much better, to be fair. I'm not going to say like that was as bad, nowhere near as bad, but at points was just as sloppy. Like some of the matches on it, for as good as the storytelling is on on Dynamite sometimes, like in-ring-wise, I thought this week, with, with the ex- exception of one or two matches, I thought the in-ring was pretty poor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think I, um, for me, I, I, what I really loved was the, uh, the angles, the stories, the kind of character stuff. Yeah, the wrestling was whatever, but then I, I, yeah. I don't mind. I don't, I'm not a big wrestling guy. You know, I love <laughs> what are you doing on this podcast? I just want a fucking angle. I like angles, <laughs> brother. Angle me up, Jimmy. Um, I thought the main event was great, especially the post match. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like top marks. I thought the match itself. I I was surprised by the finish and not in a like, oh wow, Cody was just being so easy. More like a oh wow, that was the finish. Like I don't know that I felt that. They they really had beat up Cody enough for me to buy it, kind of. Because he had just taken moves that everybody takes in every Brody Lee match anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's never like this killer match. I like that they kind of played into it. Like, did Cody do too much defending a title every week? And did he have like a, an injury going in on and all of that? Like that that was really effective. But I I, I kind of wish there had been one big move early on. Like if you if you give him a, a big slam on the outside or something to really reinforce like Cody's hurt and he's fighting against the grain here, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, my post match with with the stretcher um, was great, and you know, God love me, I will never not love someone being pushed off a stretcher. That will always get a pop from me every single time they do it. Um, and I love that he like hit him with the the bag, and then he revealed you know the broken fragments of the old belt, the the old belt, um, because you know last week he said I'll win your new belt and I'll give you the old belt, and that's exactly what he did. Top marks, very good. Yeah, it was the whole thing was the whole thing was great. Um, after like a so-so edition of the show, I thought I thought that it ended super well. Um, uh, yeah, I did like. I, I thought the women's tag was actually all right. Uh, I've watched every episode of that tag tournament. It's been pretty bad, like to be to be <laughs> quite honest. It's it's kind of, it kind of speaks to the the lack of depth in their division. And to be fair to them, I think, you know, they've had injuries and they lost like half their international roster to, to, to COVID. Um, kind of speaks to the lack of depth that like, they're having to hang their hat on like Anna Jay, who's had like less than 20 matches in her life. You know what I mean? Like it's, they, they, they're, they're struggling. Um, so the tournament wasn't much, but I, I thought the final was, was decent uh, considering it had Brandy in it. I thought it was, it was pretty solid. Oh yeah. I mean herself and even, um, Ali both looked like you know you know when you watch a match and you can see that someone's thinking what their next thing is to do instead of like being in the moment and doing it there was a lot of that in this match um what else i i did i did like the elite uh the elite match thought that was good i liked the ftr stuff with tully who's with them now is he still with um Dillinger, whatever his name is, with the, with uh, the glove. He's got the glove on. I don't know. He, he does. Yeah, he does. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I, 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 you know, I do like the angles. Like, like Joe, I, I do enjoy the angles, but I do like a good match once in a while as well. Um, I, when there's a bad match on for ten minutes, I get annoyed. I think there was a great kind of run where it, first he had Eddie Kingston come out and do a really oh, that was great, a little wink, yeah. a little wink. <laughs> um, that was great, and then Britt Baker did a promo back, uh, kind of backstage, which I thought was really funny as well. Then yeah. you had the Orange Cassidy Jericho thing, which I know Barry hated. Yeah. But I thought the Mimosa video package was really funny. <laughs> the they kind of sold it as like a WWE style, like elimination chamber, like with the blue stadium. Yes. A tank of orange juice, tank of Mimosa. You know, they, they went so over the top. I quite like, I thought that was really Yeah. I, I'm kind of in the middle between you yeah. on it. Where I, 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 I am a little bit tired of. The Jericho Cassidy, like I like both yeah. of them individually, but like I've seen enough of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Mox was fine, and MJF was better than last week, although not. I know it still wasn't. MJF was like crying. Jared. Yeah, it was, it was a good delivery again, but it's still a bit uh, kind of mid card. I thought this was a this was a better Mox promo. It wasn't quite as rambly as his promos yeah. could be. Yeah. I'm ready for I'm ready for MJF to win though. No, no. I'm so bored. I'm so bored of Moxley. Well, because he hasn't had any challenges. Yeah. It's not his fault. He's not done anything. That's the problem. Yeah, but that's not my fault as a viewer. Like I'm oh, MJF, I need a change. MJF with the with the comedy lawyer and the comedy neck brace. Oh my god! There's a little program you might want to be on, sir. It's called SmackDown. You can go. Ah! Go huge for the US title with that act, sir. <laughs> I'm ready for anyone to be Mox. The fact that it's, it's MJF going for it, sure, MJF, something different. I'd rather, I would honestly have rather Brody won it from him the, the previous time. Sure, sure. Something like, oh, Moxley, as exciting as it was when Moxley first showed up, like he's, he's not the most exciting man in the world. No, he's not. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I I loved um, Darby Allen and um, Ricky Starks as well. Um, for Ricky Starks. Oh, he's Ricky Starks so, is great. He's so funny, but then he switched to be serious. It's so seamlessly. And he did his second rope coffin drop, which was looked like Vince McMahon jumping off the balcony. <laughs> and then Taz was saying he he's even better. He don't he does it off the second <laughs> rope. That's better than doing it off the top rope. <laughs> so that was great. that was really good. Yeah. Um, I liked the little Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara thing with this, the signs. And the, yeah. yeah, that was good. Oh, and then Thunder Rosa. See, oh, this yes. I was yeah. like loving this show because you had this kind of run of like five or six segments in a row that were just all really, really good. I think that's what got me a bit carried away. But yeah, Thunder Rosa with a really strong promo as well. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then the whole main event segment, which was very surprising. I kind of agree with yeah, you I saw- all a little bit. I think if you hit like five finishes in a row or something kind of Lesnar style. Um, I mean, I, I didn't think it had to be laid on super thick, but even just one big power move to really underline, mm-hmm. you know, why Cody is suddenly being beaten in five minutes with you know, a couple of power bombs and a clothesline. Whereas he's like bled and took real beatings before and kept coming back, you know? Yeah. Um, I saw you mention Joe on the Twitter f- that uh, someone had reviewed and given like a six and given SmackDown a seven. Yeah, I only saw a tiny bit of SmackDown because I was you know curious of the Thunderdome. I checked it out on YouTube, and I saw that last segment with the ambulance. 
Yeah. Um, I, on F4WOnline.com, whoever reviewed on there described that last segment as epic. <laughs> rather than rather than utter garbage, which is what it was. Most embarrassing thing in the history. Of you know what I, I hate? I hate one of my pet peeves of WWE is the the lighting, where yeah. the ambulance backs up with this weird blue light, and no one no one bat, bats an eyelid. But goddamn, once that light turns red, then it's bad. Why why the porno lighting on everything in wrestling? Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Um, the Thunderdome. Well, what a down, what yeah. a letdown that was! By the way, it just looked like a normal SmackDown, and it's like they, like they they couldn't. So, like I thought, now maybe this is just a recipe for disaster. But I thought they were going to be yelling, and you'd be able to hear them, and they would react to things. Yeah, it was it was a big letdown. I actually DVR'd SmackDown for the first time in probably about eight years. Uh, got up Saturday morning, kind of excited. No, maybe not excited. I thought it might be shit. I thought it might be good. I wasn't sure. But I was kind of interested. They piqued, piqued my curiosity. And um, after the kind of initial sort of laser pyro lights show, which looked, you know, impressive, it was just a big performance center with a Zoom call going on behind the ring. Um, well, this was the thing. I, I thought that the Thunderdome was going to be a new approach to how the shows look, you know? Yeah. But it had the old, the old, um, big screen entrance way. Yeah. Had a crowd barricade. Why do they have a crowd barricade where there's no crowd? <laughs> Stop the monitors from running in. <laughs> Just have, like, like, this really could have been something visually, okay, fair enough, it's impressive with all the screens and, uh, yeah. But, like, just, this is your opportunity to just do something different for a while, you know? It's it was ninety percent exactly the same, and then instead of a crowd, they had like horrible video screens that hurt my eyes to look at. And like every now and then, you kind of catch a glimpse of a fan going, "Oh, or oh, come on, Jeff Hardy, win the match!" But like most of them were just sitting there; they were so bored. At least they weren't fucking wanking or something. <laughs> How do you know? How do you know? Well, yeah, on screen. If I've been there, I've definitely been a little wank. Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah, during were... that Otis segment where he was dancing. That was the one. They looked like they were watching TV, basically, which they were. Uh, yeah. So it was just, yeah, it was pointless. Um, God, yeah. And you don't get any movement. That's what you get from having a crowd. It's the kind of movement and the you know the simultaneous reactions but obviously that's impossible on a video call because it's delays and stuff they would have been better off just doing what i thought they were going to be doing was like literally a virtual crowd like a, a video game crowd mm. and just have that on the screens like why these blurry close-ups of i at i love kurt hawkins one two three <laughs> why, why is that better do you know I don't get it. Yeah. Anyway. So that's what they've done. The, you've seen the baseball. They've got the kind of... It does yeah. look like there are fans sitting there. Obviously, if you look closely, you can see it's digital. But, you know, it looks like a crowd. Whereas this didn't... And, and I'll tell you what, you know, sitting through the show... I didn't really sit through the show. I forwarded through it. Yeah, yeah. About half an hour. Um, the wrestling was so slow and ponderous i haven't watched any i've only watched wrestlemania this year i've not watched any other wwe stuff but sitting there through these matches they're just so routine and kind of oh it's a headlock and it's a 
you, you might get an Irish whip if you're lucky. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. After 10 months of dynamite where literally everyone does a dive from, you know, Luchasaurus to, on down, it, God, it was a bit of a reality check. So that, that was boring as well. Yeah, and then the, the, the finale. Oh, dear. Dreadful. Well, there you go. There's your only SmackDown review of the year, folks. Um, yeah, don't, don't expect another one. Joe, how was... You, you alluded to this last week, the complete history of Hasbro. Yeah, I finished it. It was it was really interesting. They kind of went through all, I think it was 11 uh, series of, of the Hasbro figures. Four and a half hours. I uh, enjoyed every minute of it. Um, at the end, they did throw in some extras, but they, they reviewed the um, original rings, the Hasbro rings from the early 90s, which is a bit nice. of a soft point because uh, my mum sold my wrestling ring at a boot fair. Um, I was probably like 13, 14. I wasn't playing with it anymore. But of all the things from my childhood that I would have kept, I probably would have kept the wrestling rings. I was a bit upset at that bit. Um, I may have to track one down on on eBay to make myself feel better. But yeah, really good show. And then um, Smart Mark Sterling, who was the third host of the show, turned up on AEW as MJ. He did. He was MJF's lawyer. And he cut a really good promo as well, actually. I was impressed. Decent, decent work. Um, yeah, so that was a great series. I don't know if I'll watch any of their other stuff because, to be honest, um, I don't want to see people unboxing, you know, AEW figures. I'll be honest, but well, hold on a second, Joe, because I have a, a recommendation for you. Run in to the Zack Ryder sphere. I watched their, as I mentioned, I was intrigued to do last week. I watched their um, wrestling figure federation draft. Oh yeah. Um, very, very funny. And I've listened to, because they don't do it in video, they don't literally play with the toys, but I've listened to the first three podcasts where they they do their little e-fed and they run through the shows. Mm. Very, very funny. I must say, very funny. Okay. Um, big, big recommendation for any wrestling fan. I would highly recommend to listen to it if you haven't. Um, they, they do their draft, first of all, right, which is on YouTube. The, the 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 actual shows are not on YouTube, so don't make that mistake. Apparently, a lot of people make that mistake. Oh. The draft is very funny because the draft is Brian Myers very methodically and carefully making his picks, oh, yeah. and for everyone, Zack Ryder going no, ah! <laughs> and like completely over the top, yeah. reacting to everyone. Very very funny. And then, Jesus. what was that? Anyway, they um they they pick like specific. Oh, they're only allowed to pick from certain toy ranges, so it's like the the Jack's Pacific, whatever WWF ones from the Attitude Era, whatever. Um, and then they do their little shows. Now Brian Myers does um, Thrill Zone, and what he does is again he very calmly explains to you in like a narrative way, as if you were reading a book, what happens on every episode. So he's like, "Okay, promo uh, for segment one." They're, they do like eleven segment shows each, right? So that. Um, Brian Myers goes segment one so you have um, whoever um, The Rock comes out for a promo and he's saying I'm here on Thrill Zone and here we are and this is what I'm going to do I'm going to go for the world title and I've and then someone else you know he, he explains it like that Zack Ryder has first of all the music queued up on his phone so he'll play <laughs> he'll go segment one so cold oh my god what's he doing here and he just would like scream like a commentator <laughs> the entire show very 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 funny um 
and they're doing their their little angles. It's it's honestly like interesting, entertaining, and, and funny. It kind of ticks all the boxes for me. Um, <laughs> Zack Ryder has, uh, or Matt Cardona, sorry, has a tendency to do too many angles on the one show. He'll do something where he'll have the characters involved in quite a substantial angle in like the first half of the show. And then they come out again and have another substantial angle the next, like, same show in the second half. It's like, okay, you need to space these out a little bit. You can't have so many angles going on at once, otherwise it's just a mess. But it's a very fun listen. Um, So I recommend watch the draft on YouTube. It's only, like, 50 minutes long. If you enjoy, if you enjoy that, you'll probably enjoy the, the shows. They, it's on their podcast feed. Each episode is, like, 50 minutes long. They have like 30 minutes to do their show each. Usually it doesn't take that long. And uh, they put out a new show every Wednesday. It's very, very fun to listen to. I highly recommend. I've heard, I have heard good things about the stuff they do. Yeah. The only thing is, though, the fucking money-grabbing bastards. They're pay-per-views, <laughs> right? The pay-per-views are behind the paywall on their Patreon. Look, I'm not paying 12 Europeans and 99 cents to hear your fake pay-per-view rundown. But I will listen to your day, your uh, your TV shows. That, that's enough. It'd be like when I'm a kid and you watch Livewire and you, you get like the stills from Over the Edge or whatever. Here's what happened last night, and you go, "Oh my God, Austin won!" I don't believe it. <laughs> that's how you find out. Um. So that's that's all. And then SummerSlam is tonight. Are you looking forward to anything on SummerSlam? No. Nope. Yeah. Uh, that's for the show, folks. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> uh, no, um... oh, Pat McAfee took a good Canadian destroyer. I heard. Oh, I didn't actually. Apparently, he was good. The problem was never whether he was going to be good or not in the first place. Is that he's a nobody? That was the problem. Yeah, yeah. They could have just pretended he was an NXT wrestler. I wouldn't have known the difference. Just <laughs> a, probably a, like a silly thing. name. Call him. I don't know. Don Byron or something. Don Byron. Don Byron, uh, NXT superstar. All right. Uh, But yeah, SummerSlam, I mean, it doesn't look very good, does it? I mean, it just doesn't. No. I don't even even know what's on. We're going to see, I mean, there's going to be the follow-up to that fucking fiend ambulance thing. Braun's going to become the Joker. That's the angle. The angle is that Braun's becoming the Joker. Okay. Is the fiend not already the Joker though? Because he's got the mask. No, no, he's the fiend. He's an original creation. How dare you? <laughs> okay, okay. So Braun Strowman, the fiend, in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Bailey versus Asuka, and Sasha Banks is also versus Asuka. How does that work? I don't know. Just two matches happening. Yeah. So Asuka is fighting for the Raw Women's title and also for the SmackDown Women's title. Isn't she just only on one of them? Why are they? Is the draft not a thing anymore? Are they not allowed only go for the one uh, on their brand? Uh, no, I don't know. Mandy Rose versus Sony Deville. No disqualification. Loser leaves WWE match. I thought I heard that was like a, a hair versus hair. It was. They they just changed it this week. I don't know why. I would guess based on all the horrible shit that happened to the two of them this week, which we didn't even talk about, but everyone knows. Yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Sonya's just going to take some time off because that's she could probably do with it. Yeah, that's probably probably the right call there. Um, Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Street fight. That would be interesting. I'm if nothing else. morbidly curious about it. I mean, from what I've seen, like Dominic has has been okay in doing a couple of moves, you know. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. 
I saw that segment where he came out and did like the 619 and stuff, but he has that same thing of he constantly looks like he's remembering what he's supposed to do next. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza, and you have Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton for the, the title. There you go. Enjoy that. I will not be watching. Well, I'll report back in detail next week. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention before we go off the air as well, I forgot while we were doing the movie guff, right? I have on my computer, and I probably shouldn't have. I'm a very naughty boy for having this. But I have that version of X-Men Origins Wolverine that leaked with the uh, the unfinished visual effects. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a hell of a movie to watch, let me tell you. Oh yeah, I, I've 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 seen clips of it. I might I might search it out because it's 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 all out there. So yeah, yeah, very very funny. Um, right. yeah. So uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Maybe chat a little bit about uh, SummerSlam and of course the usual AEW chat. Any of the news and notes for the week, plus more movie golf, more TV golf, more game golf, more X Men. And um, we will do our Simpsons game again. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. Goodbye.